Yeah, actually, I'm going to get to Kennedy in a second, um, but I made a promise to talk about something else for our first episode. Okay. Uh, declaration. Not really a promise. A promise to yourself. A promise to myself, exactly. Um, so I've been talking about the idea of doing a podcast for years, and for a very long time, I've been the kind of person who has great ideas and then rarely executes on them. Yeah. Hashtag millennials. <laughs> uh, and actually, I think you and I had a conversation about that before, uh, how our socioeconomic upbringing actually brought us to that point, but that's, yeah. we're going to shelf that for now because that's a whole different deal. I don't know. I think it'll end up coming in on this. I agree. Uh, so as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm certain it will because, so I, I had, uh, read a Tumblr post years ago. Uh, looks like it might've been 2014 and so that Tumblr, and also let me just say that this, my entire life, because of the person that I've chosen to spend my life with, uh, so much of it is Harry Potter. That's fair. We've held two Harry Potter themed Christmas parties, both of which were raving successes. Excellent. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. This past year as, uh, thank you. This past year as the kids and, uh, I were de- decorating the tree, we made butterbeer and it was spectacular. We did let them drink the non-alcoholic version, and then I did the other one, (laughs) but only a little. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so the Tumblr post read, if you think it's degrading to work in retail, remember that Voldemort worked at Borgen and Burks before Uh... he became the Dark Lord. And someone commented, you know, I think I understand him a bit better now. Working in retail would turn anyone into a sadistic mass murderer. And... You and I have both had experience in this sector. Yeah. And actually, my career path is taking me in a direction right now where I will begin a new experience in the retail sector. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's something else, man. I, I So, uh, zeroing in on the joke a little bit more. It's kind of funny, because we've all been there. We've all had days where if we could have cast the Avada Kedavra spell, maybe maybe a little Cruciatus curse, yeah. we would have used it. And, and coworkers, customers, mm. bosses, no one is safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I just had a conversation yesterday with another friend of mine. He was reading through some of those, like, uh, believe it or not, experiences for people who worked in customer service of various kinds. And he shared a story that ended up being about a guy who worked in a, like a high end photography studio. And a woman came in right at the end of the night with her daughter who was clearly dying of cancer. Oh dear. And so they did a, a, a really long photo shoot with her uh, sent her away. Months later, she came back. The girl was healthy. Uh, the mom tried to pay a, pay them like a bunch of money as an appreciation. It ended with, well, at least take let me take you to dinner. Ten years later, uh, that woman and that man are married, and that young girl is his stepdaughter, who he embarrasses with the photos of her on a unicorn that he edited when she was eight years old. And uh, my friend who I was discussing with... This is the exact opposite <laughs> of what we were talking about. No, but uh, my, my friend, the, the, the circle back around, my friend said, I don't believe it. It's just too saccharine sweet. It's too perfect. Ah. And, I'm, and I'm like, no, I believe that. The ones that I don't believe are all those 
uh, posts that people share where it's like, oh yeah, this terrible customer got what they were des what they deserved. And I don't believe those because I have worked in retail and I understand the fact that no customer will ever get their right recompense, especially not from higher ups or the company. Because if you attempt to, you will be reprimanded and likely fired. Yep. Those are the ones I don't believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally with you 100%. I've, I've seen some crazy stuff, most, most if not all of which I'm certain I've told you about by now, but I've seen, it, my experience has been pretty vast. And what I mean by that is the number of different sectors of the retail market in which I've worked are numerous. Yeah, you worked in most facets of I'm sure there's retail. a few. I'm about to embark on one that I've never been in before, so okay. there's still a few things out there that I haven't touched by the ripe old age of 30. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, going into work immediately after high school, uh, I, I, I dabbled in college for a little while. That, that was not for me. And, um, had to make sure my microphone was on. I'm, not, I'm never sure with this thing. Oh, uh, that would be, that would be incredibly egregious. <coughs> yeah. Uh, it would also be, make a lot of sense with me. I could also always just look at the thing, whether or not the needle's moving. Anywho, uh, so right after, um, right after high school, go into the workforce, start working for a company that sells, uh, entertainment media and pop culture stuff, yeah. t-shirts and stuff like that. They sell a lot more stuff now than they did yeah. back then. Um, actually, just when I started to leave was when they included, they started including the, uh, like the, the Japanese culture things, the foods and things like that. Okay. Which I was so happy about because Pocky. Yeah. Uh, if, if I know what you're talking about, they are actually a venue that originated a lot of, a lot of comics, uh, they were actually one of the first retail organizations to include comics in their regular sales. Uh, specifically, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac was originally sold through them. Wrong one. It was the one before that. You know, I okay, really don't yeah. mind dropping names, to be honest with you. So I started yeah. I started with a company called FYE. Oh, I forgot about that. Actually. Right, yeah. Well, it was, it was a year. Yeah. But it was actually right... I think it was right before... No, it was it was you and I started hanging out regularly. But you were still working there for a little while. That's I do possible. remember that. But yeah, no, the, you're referencing my time at Hot Topic. Yeah, but I started at Fye, and um, I, it was my first retail job. Yeah, first adult job. Had one a couple. I saw some of the craziest things that happened there. Oh, there was God, one yeah. woman who wanted to bring some things in to sell them. Mm -hmm. As they, because they would sell, buy old collections DVDs and, and CDs and resell them, you would get a pittance, pennies on the dollar for it, and then they would jack up the price dramatically. Yeah, um, which is you know capitalism. Uh, so then she comes in, and we won't buy some of her stuff. It's damaged beyond repair, and she said she was gonna call like Lenahan and Dempsey, or something like that. It was really oh, absurd. Oh, okay, it like, was the first. Lawyer, uh, lawyer pairing that she could think of off the top of her head that she could pull out of her ass in the moment to try to intimidate the store manager and the store manager said excuse me and she immediately began to backpedal and was just like this is just so acceptable I can't believe you're not doing this like you just made this huge scene yeah and then somebody came up to me once and I'm a very thorough person so I always ask you know I would sometimes ask the generic you know did you find everything okay stuff like that most of the time 
I had brought the customer up to the register with me, so that wasn't it. I can't even remember the question, it was that long ago, but she'd started, like, insulting my intelligence and saying some really tight... Oh, I guess everybody yeah. who works here is as smart as you, aren't they? And I looked her right in the eye and I went, yes, ma'am, they are. <laughs> Which is not something I should have said, but she's being super rude. And uh, in that case, my manager actually did step in. Um, but yeah, man, I've just seen some crazy stuff between that and then Hot Topic. And then from Hot Topic, I went to Finish Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm selling sneakers and sunglasses and sports apparel. I sold bathtubs for a little yeah, while. okay. Yeah, that was crazy. Um... <laughs> Uh, it was a very short period of time. I was going to say you did water filters for a while. Not water filters. Filtration systems. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yes. Um, and actually, I suppose I should backpedal a little bit. Before FYE, I worked selling vacuum cleaners. Yes. Which I'm pretty sure is a prerequisite <laughs> to, to sales. If you're, so if you're going to be in the sales market in any way, shape, or form, you've got to sell a vacuum cleaner. It's got to happen um, because almost every single person I've ever talked to who's been in this in this part of the of the universe, in this part of the world, if you will, has sold a vacuum cleaner. It's hysterical. And we all think ours is better than everybody else's. Yeah, surprisingly off of my experiential radar. I have never sold a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, well, you did, like, the right thing, right? So I guess I should I should change that to people who've entered sales directly out of high school. Okay. Because you, you did go to the, to the college. And the colleges. Right, multiples. And um, I did not. Or I did, but not long enough for it to matter. Well, apparently mine didn't either, so that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Promise we're going to get into that. Uh, Uh, Yeah, so anyway, sold vacuum cleaners. Then then, um, for a little while there, I did do water water purification machines, which was actually, I'm going to be honest with you, when I buy my first home, I will find a way to get one of those installed. Okay. But the amount of elevation to your quality of life that that provides is tremendous. And if nothing else... I, like I tell you right now, I could sell that to just about anybody right now, even yeah. today. And it's been forever since I've touched it. Um, give me a minute to bone up on the actual like technical side of things. Yeah. We're good to go. But they have, they install, it, technically it's two systems. There's the big one that goes down in the basement that uh, deals with the water that comes out of your shower, goes into your toilet, goes into your yeah. washing machine, comes out of the spigot. And then there's the reverse osmosis machine. Yeah. Now that is the money, if you will. Or if you won't, I don't care. <laughs> uh, what? So the reason that that's so important is what... We, we have bunny trailed pretty far, just to remind you. I accept that. <laughs> Reverse osmosis takes water down to its molecular level. It removes yes. everything and only allows hydrogen and oxygen to get through yeah. in its appropriate format. And then you get just the most pure water for cooking, for drinking, for whatever you want to use it for that's available and that's why that's why I want at, at the very least I at least want that in my house and I've drank carcinogen carcinogenic water is that how I'm trying, is that what I'm trying to say carcinogen uh, carcinogenic I, I don't I don't know what you're trying to say I don't but I don't know if that's it I've drank that I drink you know I have hard water right now this chair will not sit still um but I really I've also had the reverse osmosis water and it's just spectacular uh so yeah so I've done that and then whew, Got into cell phones and sold those for a while and um, did lighting fixtures. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, my, my retail experience, um, I worked at a library for a while. I was a librarian slash library assistant. Uh, I worked as a tutor 
in mathematics, uh, biology, uh, English, and basically anything that my college taught, I was in a tutor for, uh, which was a very fun job. Uh, after that, I worked at uh, uh, well, Dollar General. I worked at Dollar General for that. I remember that for a while. That was an interesting experience. Uh, it's a cute way to describe it. Interesting. And my, and my job after that, I worked at a Radio Shack before they closed down. Yeah. That was probably one of my better remembered job experiences. That was a really good place to work. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I then worked at the packing factory, not retail. Uh, Lear, not retail. I worked at... You didn't work in the retail side anyway. Yeah. Uh, I worked at Domino's, which... Fast food is a is a weird combination of food service and re, uh, customer service. And yeah, it all equates out to a giant bucket of shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you skipped one. Uh... Because you worked at the McDonald's. Oh, for a... a Long enough to know that you'll never want to do it again. Oh, oh, yes, because directly after I worked at McDonald's, I actually worked as an architectural assistant because my major is in architecture, and I worked at an architecture firm. And when I got that job, my manager at the time uh, knew where I had worked previously and and said something along the lines of, oh, I hope you're ready to to do some real work. Uh, this isn't McDonald's or anything. And I looked at him befuddled and told him, I would work here for McDonald's pay before I ever work at McDonald's for this place's pay. <laughs> ever. And he looked at me like I was an alien. I'm like, no, McDonald's is a soul-crushing, terrible environment. The work is impossibly, impossibly precise in a way that you can't imagine unless you've worked in it. Like, food service requires so many hard skills that people don't accept as hard skills. And they take it for granted, man. Yeah. It's crazy. uh, Like, taking care of people's food to not kill them, the things are simple, but you must do them every time, or you can kill people. Yep. And people take that for granted as simple, and it's not. Yeah, no, I totally Uh, agree with you. uh, And I think, you know, we were talking about... Like, bringing it back to the original question, like, the fact that working in customer service can lead someone to being sociopathic makes a lot of sense. Because one of the, one of the big things that is involved in customer service that often is ignored is the, the emotional burden. There's an emotional, oh, yeah. there's a heavy emotional burden to customer service. And if, if you don't know what that is... It's the idea that when you are in customer service, you must be positive. You must be pleasant. It is actually a requirement of some businesses that part of their uniform is a smile. Yep. And, <laughs> yep. and that is not a joke. That is not an exaggeration. If you, if you do not put on a persona of happiness and joy, you can be reprimanded. And that seems ludicrous to people who have not worked in the environment. But you... But especially considering the pay that you have, you could literally have a 105 degree fever from the flu that you have, and you have to be at work, and you have to be positive. Because fuck sick days. Yes. Because you can't get sick if you work retail, because you're going to be working paycheck to paycheck. They're not going to give you great benefits for, for what, the first five years that you work there. If and then. Even if they do, 
most of them anymore are switching over to a commission structure, so paid time off isn't even really paid time off. And that's if you, uh, if you are even full-time. Yeah, because most places will boast great benefits, but that's only for their full-time employees, of which, which they have... Which they'll have one. Exactly. They will have one manager on each shift who is full-time, and everyone else is 20 to 25 hours. And you expect that manager to be the best salesperson in the world, and Oh, really, and they're not. But they have to be, because if they're not, then they're going to have a bunch of disgruntled employees, because they're not selling the product. They're selling the company to the employees. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Because I've worked in that capacity as well. Mm-hmm. And then they expect you to want, well, I'm not trying to complain, but and then, they, <laughs> then they expect you to sell to people, to customers, on top of selling the job on a daily basis to your employees. It's really quite the experience. And I. It is. I, I, I agree I, with you that it can cause somebody to turn into a psychopath. I don't know that somebody would have to turn in, that, that it causes everybody to turn into a sociopath. I think that part of the reason that you might become homicidal. Is because of the emotions that you have to choke down and or end up feeling, or especially if you're an empath. Yeah. If you're an empathetical person, I don't know. For me, I, I've always been able to put aside what's going on at home to perform my duties at work in those retail environments, especially if it's in a brick-and-mortar situation. If I can actually oh, yeah. be in a new location, you know, one of my <laughs> managers had said to me once, um, you know, as these people come in... They don't know who you are. So you get the opportunity to be a new person to every single person who walks in. And I, for me, it makes it a little easier because I recognize that I may be the only positive interaction that a person has for the entire day. And that, I've, I've seen that change a person's entire demeanor. It absolutely can. But a lot it's of It's just pe- a lot of goddamn responsibility. Oh, oh yeah, and a lot of people fail to recognize the amount of burden that that is it's tremendous like, especially it it can be difficult it like the core one of the most important times to be that positive is when your customers are being terrible people yep because and there's i think there are generally two branches of terrible people who are customers there are or th- i will even put it at three there are terrible customers who are just having a bad day and taking it out on someone there are terrible yep. customers who just think this is the way you interact with people. Because I, I have seen that. Like, if you've ever been in a restaurant and having a conversation with someone who seems really nice, and then they treat the waiter like shit. Yep. That is that is not a good they person. They treat them like a second-class citizen. Yes. Uh, and then the third one is the person who is treating you like shit because they are trying to get someone. Something. They are trying to get something. Because, unfortunately, the structure in... The corporate structure in America rewards bad customer behavior because it is safer for the company. Very true. Uh, No matter what the original situation is, bad press can ruin especially a small company or a branch of a company in a small area. Yep, and which is exactly where we live. Yes, Uh, and even if you don't, like I worked in Philadelphia. I worked in a location in Philadelphia uh, where it it was a spot where on... To one side of us was two colleges, one of which was a, a highly respected engineering uh, college, a an engineering university. Another was a near Ivy League preparatory school, and to the other side was the ghettos of West Philadelphia. <laughs> like, if I went a block past where I lived, all of the streets were lined with tables and vans and people selling stuff. Like, this is not an exaggeration, this is not like... A demeanment, but 
those things are illegal, and if the cops roll by, those people will disappear kind of situation. Right. So we, I, had, I worked with very different groups of people, depending on who came in at one point in time or another. But no matter which group came in, you had to be happy. You had to read them in an instant. You had to know... You had to know what would and wouldn't work for different people because something that might be the perfect opening to make someone feel comfortable with one person could have the other person screaming at at you to take out your lip ring because I know that's a story you have. Yeah, yeah, that... uh, (laughs) If I'm remembering that correctly, yeah. Um, I don't... Oh, man, what did I say? Oh, when I was working in the shoe store, um, that word was supposed to be shoe, uh... We had it divided up. One side was men's and kids, and the other side was women's shoes. And somebody had come in. They went over to the men's shoe side. No, they didn't. They went over to the women's shoe side. And I had said, uh, you know, hey, the men's shoes are actually on the other side of the store, in case you were wondering. You know, just kind of as an icebreaker, and it usually made people go, oh, yeah, haha, well, I'm just searching for da-da-da. Rather than coming up and, how are you? Can I help you find anything? You know, I like to come up with different ways of breaking the ice and starting the conversation with the customer and finding out why they're there, finding out who they are. And he just got really mad and, like, started calling me a smartass. And you just got to be a smartass, don't you? Maybe if you took that lip ring out for a minute, you'd be able to, you wouldn't be such a smartass. And I'm just like... That doesn't have anything to do with anything. I'm going to just let you do what you need to do. Bye. And I, like, walked away. Because also, in addition to the mandatory smile as part of the uniform, you cannot have human reactions to the way that people respond. Yeah. And so all of these things kind of come together in a perfect storm and create a boiling pot that would that would drive most people to insanity, to sociopathy, to homicide. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's part of the joke, right? Most people aren't going to kill people. No. But, but it's understandable, especially angry. if you've ever been in that situation. Uh, yeah. It's understandable to see why that very easily could have contributed to him becoming the most terrifying dark wizard to ever live. Yeah, and it, it's the sort of thing where I, I feel like a lot of people under underestimate what it takes to work in so in so-called low-skill environments. Uh, uh, the, yeah. the term low-skill trade is very weighted because it's implying that you don't need to be good at things to do it. And it's not true. It's really uh, not the, true. The training for low-skill, because there is still training, there's absolutely specific skills you need, specific training you need to do a job even in a low-skill environment. But those the, the training for that is generally accepted to be something that is quick to learn or easy to learn. Yeah. But the one of the things that gets missed in that is that you do still need to, one, be able to learn it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say you have to have, like, a minimum intelligence because there are some skills that people just aren't capable of learning. Like, there are some people who, no matter how intelligent you are, will never be able to pick up these social cues to sell things well. That's fair. There are people who, no matter how... Uh, creative you are will never be able will always forget the steps to take to prepare food properly and will poison people like <laughs> yeah. i i have worked with intelligent people who should not cook people food they should not uh there are there are environments where uh no matter how good you are at other things you could have a doctorate 
but you probably shouldn't be working in a factory because you can't lift 10 pounds. Yeah. Like, all I feel these, like that's probably a bit of a hyperbole, but... I, I know people who cannot consistently lift that much, especially throughout a day. Like... Without a physical disability? Yes, without a physical disability who just don't possess that strength. I feel like that's a physical disability. It's not. Like, there are people who are just don't possess that physical stamina and who, uh, who may be able to gain it with a lot of training and exercise, but they would need a lot of it. Like, I, I, I'm... For those who don't know, no, I'm, you're a freak. I, I, yeah. I'm impossibly strong, and I regularly run into situations where I will hand something to someone casually, and then they will almost fall over trying to heft its weight. It's true. Uh, but... So I know that I'm ex- an extreme example. But of I'm this. not an extreme example. I guess is the point that I'm getting at. I feel like I am a fairly, actually, even maybe even below average body build. You're not. And you are. You're really not. You are slim, but even you are a high school athlete. Yeah, well, that's fair. You are a high school. Yeah, but well, high school was 15 years ago, man. That, that doesn't mean that. 10, you're, 10 years. 12, that doesn't mean that 13, your body isn't 12. acclimated to it. Math. <laughs> that doesn't mean that your body isn't acclimated to it and that your body frame is large and capable of per- pursuing those activities. Even, even if I'll that, allow for the idea of because of my athletic uh, ability and aptitude f- a frickin' decade ago, and I'll even allow for the fact that I've had at least one physically demanding job since then that I did work for a year. Biology and science say that those impacts have fizzled out since then. It's been, what, three, four years? Because we've already established that my ability to math at the moment is detrimental. (laughs) It's been several years since I've been in that position. In fact, I've spent the last year on my ass. You're also a father and regularly lift your 10, 20, 50, 80 pound children in the air because that's how you have fun with them over your head. Touche, salesman. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you are lifting your child in extraordinary ways that some people could not lift that amount of weight to That's, their hip. I just can't even I, conceive. But, they, but it is real. But and in my opinion, that I, is a choice. You know, like, like I, I totally get... I know that we're... I've taken a sledgehammer to this and we're taking <laughs> it off the rail, but this bothers me because we live in a world where fitness is a fucking industry. Like, it's a situation where people are making millions of dollars because they sell you the idea that you don't have to work that hard to become physically fit. Now, let me drill on that for just a second. I was going to say, people's people's idea of physical fitness, though, can vary wildly. Some people's idea of physical fitness is just losing as much weight as possible and being as thin as possible, which means having less muscle. I work with yeah, I work I work yeah, I, I work in an fair. environment I work in an environment where I regularly lift 150 pounds of potatoes onto my shoulder because I have to carry three bags of them back the hallway. And I cannot get help with those bags of potatoes because the people I work with cannot move, let alone lift those bags of potatoes. That's, that's and they absurd, are and man. they are not and they are not physically unfit. They are just average people to whom 50 pounds is un over is an extraordinary amount of weight. What I'm getting at here is I feel like that's a choice. Right? And it's a choice. And and so this is really going to cook your noodle if you don't remember me actually saying this is I'm actually what what sort I'm looking for? I don't want to say embarrassed because I'm not embarrassed, but I'm I I feel as though there is a required 
level of improvement to my physical ability. Y you feel even like though I should be, I should be able to do fit. way more than what I presently do. And I feel the same. It's one of the reasons that I've been running recently. So if I'm living a life where, by your now, there's no basis in scientific fact to anything we're saying right now. No. But if I'm living a life where I am considered in any ca capacity above average, even slightly above average, and I feel like I am shaming myself by not elevating myself, then these people are making a decision. They're making a choice to be less substantial in a, in, a, in a world where strength is achieved by accident because you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. You can get stronger by accident because you're trying to get thinner. But I'm shaking my fists in the air right now. This is just... But again, one, athletic history, yeah. so your perspective is skewed. And two, most people just don't need to. In an environment where the most you have to lift is a quesadilla off of a table, or the most strength you need is the ability to type on a keyboard, why the fuck Look, would you I was need listening it? to the Joe Rogan experience the other day. I, I, I agree that there is a level guy, of self-sufficiency that Right, but all I'm saying is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of paraphrase slash quote what he said. Like, I... I if you're the motherfucker that somebody's going to come to every single time to open up a jar of mayonnaise because they know that there's no question that you're going to be able to open up that jar of mayonnaise, that's a great thing. Why wouldn't you want to be that guy? Why wouldn't, why would you make the choice to not have that strength to be able to do these really basic things? You know what I'm saying? Because some people don't care. They don't want, they don't need to I just think be that's the sad. guy. They don't need to be the person who can open a jar of mayonnaise. Maybe they sad. have different skills. Maybe they are they have skills to be able to pay people to do that. Yeah, for example, like it's I just like I just spent thirteen hours on Monday helping a friend of mine clean their home because it's more efficient for them to pay me twenty dollars an hour than to do it themselves. It's just absurd. It's I agree. I agree. I, I, this is also a person who, rather than doing their laundry, buys new socks and underwear. Because what? socks and underwear are, take too much energy to collect and wash. Like, so... I kind of want to hit this guy in the face. <laughs> so, I get it, but at the same time, for some people, that's not where they're... It, it, all, it, it, it depends very much on where your personal views of your self-worth lie. For me, my self-worth lies significantly in the idea that I am always capable of helping people. It's one of the reasons that I at least dabble in, a, in, in an incredible number of skills, because I always want the ability to be able to help with something. I got you. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I like being physically fit, because... Any, everyone needs to move at some point in their life. It especially needs to move me. something. Especially. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be fair, I have done that quite a few uh, times. Uh, more times than I even want to get into. But, like, I like the idea that when people need to move, it's okay, go get those boxes, I got the fridge myself. And I can get the fridge myself, as you know. You're like that kid, you're like Spike from Little Giants. Kinda. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, like, I... Like, I can move the fridge myself. It's yeah. okay, go on. I've, I have I will carry the couch myself. I'm saying you caught a couch. You know, I don't know if you know <laughs> this. Uh, my in-laws used to live on a third-floor apartment. Yeah. And we had a love seat. So it's yeah. just like a two-seater. Very light. Yeah. And I'm saying that. So in comparison to you, it obviously, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like less than 100 pounds. It, it was, I mean... Something like that, yeah. yeah. It, was, it must have been made of, like, fiber board or something, like, particle board or something. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice, it was comfortable. And, yeah. But we had gotten it out of our house because we had either purchased new furniture or something. So I took it to my in-laws. Took it over, and... <sighs> so absurd. 
we wanted to kind of cut corners, which already you know that this is going to go badly, <laughs> to try to get it upstairs. So I said just, so they had this set of um, stairs that went up. There was a slight incline. Then there was a landing with a 180 degree turn uh, and then up yeah. and then a landing with a 180 degree turn and then up into the yeah, apartment. Yeah, switchback stairs. Switchback stairs, sure. That sounds like a freaking ska band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, listen, y- this is light. Right? So you guys just go up to the f- second landing, and I'll just lift it over my head. Yeah. And you can get it, and th- there's a number of you that should be, you know, there's like two of two other men that yeah. should be, I, I understand the physics of it, were, but it was light, so they should yeah. be able to lift it up together with me pushing it. Yeah. Something happened, <laughs> okay, as these stories often go, and then um, it fell on my face. I caught the couch. <laughs> And uh, no, no one can see this, but a rare but hilarious occurrence has happened. I get random nosebleeds. Yeah, you do. I get random nosebleeds, and a random nosebleed just happened. That's funny. Uh, one such nosebleed occurred when I was forced to laugh to the point where I... Was <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't forced to laugh. You were forced to choke back the No, I was laughing. There was no choking back. This was a flood. Uh, my, (laughs) a joke being told during a Dungeons and Dragons session led to my face purple and my nose expelling blood and Jeremy leaping over a table to shove tissue into my face. That's what happened. Oh my God. I don't even remember exactly what. I no idea. The, the joke was overshadowed by the reaction. Yeah. (laughs) I just remember you trying so hard to stay quiet because I think. No, I was out of breath. I wasn't trying to be quiet. Oh, there I was no were. breath left in my lungs. Oh, yeah. All, the only thing that could be expelled was blood. I just remember <laughs> there was a lot of buildup, and then finally the explosion. Yes, it was yes, just, there was. It was terrible. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, yeah, the couch fell on my face. Yeah. I caught the couch on my face, and then there was a little bit of blood. It wasn't as bad as you might think, yeah. but then we were much more intelligent about how we moved the couch upstairs and i know yeah. that there was an instance where you caught a like a full-size couch yeah vertically uh, uh my roommate in at the first college i went to uh his church had like a giant sort of scaffolding that they would set up with couches for uh super bowl events and various events a where scaffolding they, yeah like there's no way that this could go wrong well they had they would set up like a scaffolding and set couches up on it they were getting rid of it or getting a new one, so they were getting rid of all the couches. And so they had, like, 60 couches shoved into this, like, tractor trailer. And we, uh, Kenny had already figured out which one he wanted. Sorry, Kenny, dropped your name. Uh, it's, like, the fourth time you've done it. Uh, no, I think this is the first time it's I dropped really his. Not. Uh, so he, <laughs> he knew what couch he wanted. We went, he knew right where it was, but it was in the back of this tractor trailer and he goes unlocks it and opens it and as he opens it three couches just tumble out at us and kenny being it's kenny a, it's a couch lanch and he, okay. he just he just turtles he he drops to the ground he turtles and i'm there to catch three couches one on one hand one on another one with my knee so that kenny doesn't die and kenny looks up and just chuckles <laughs> because shortly before this one of our first interactions with each other being roommates we're each sitting at our computers, and he looks over and says, Colby, yeah? Can you lift me? <laughs> yeah? No, I mean, like, over your head. Yeah. 
And if you go to my Facebook, you will see the first photos ever uploaded to my Facebook are photos of me holding him over my head. Oh, jeez. That's, that's amazing. So, anyway. <laughs> long tangents. Long tangents. No, we but have... So, so, I mean, I feel like you and I have a fairly uniquely positive outlook toward most things because we kind of intertwine our self-worth in our ability to be helpful to the people around us. Yeah. So, uh, but even we... Given our, um, shall we say, predilection for a positive mindset, our intentional outlook toward having a positive mindset... Cannot stand even the sales environment. It. Right. And even we understand why Voldemort, after having worked in a retail store... With children. No, no, selling no, 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 Selling no, no, books... Borgen, no, Borgen, Borgen and Burks was... Uh, a bookstore. I thought that was in Diagon Alley. Or not Diagon Alley, but uh, no, Nocturne. Nope, Borgen and Burks was the bookstore, was it? I believe, where students got their books. So at least once a year, had to deal with the throngs of children coming to buy their first books, second books, and so on. Aha, you are mistaken. Borgen and, Bur Borgen and Burks is an antique shop located at 13B Nocturne Alley. Sorry, I apologize then. Um, I think it was just, just the got Burks. Harry Potter burned. I think it was just the Burks that threw me off. Uh, but yeah, even that. So, so even worse, he was selling likely ancient evil artifacts to ancient evil wizards. Correct. And so you know they were all cunts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to someone who was himself a mixed blood. Yeah, he's a mud blood, yeah. Whether they knew it or not. Yeah. Like, they I can... It. You know they knew it. Uh, whether they did or not, they tr act like they did. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine, like... Okay, here's a point. I can't imagine that wizards who live for sometimes centuries would have a positive view of people in retail experience. That's probably true. Considering, like, uh, everyone knows the jokes about millennials being disrespectful, but given my experience in retail, I have never been so disrespected by anyone who is under 40 years old. Like... Wait, what? Like... Oh, oh, okay, so the amount of disrespect that you're shown by by citizens who are above 40 years old is yes, more, I, okay, it's more prevalent. Yes, like, I, I'm... I would agree. I'm throwing a vague number out there, but, like... Sure, we're not, my, this, there's no, like, survey, we, we haven't no. surveyed 100 people, like, that's yeah. not... But, but, like, there there are so many instances where if something is happening, a, per, a younger person will go, oh my god, I understand, and things will progress, but... An, uh, an you older person. Have said a more ambiguous statement just now. Uh, Things will progress. Because the sky is blue <laughs> and snow is cold. Because, given given my experience with older individuals, whatever the individual age may be, let's call them senior citizens. Because once you hit fifty five and above, you're a senior citizen. Yes, but I'm talking about people in their forties as well. Fuck them. They <laughs> don't. <But, laughs> we don't have a label for them. We're not using them. <laughs> uh, middle aged. Like, my experience with them are, if something were to go wrong, and I profess that, I'm like, I'm sorry, there's an issue, mm -hmm. we are working on it, shut the fuck down. Like, everything stops, because I have to now alleviate that customer's concerns right. and issues, which is a part of the job, but 
it, the, it's like it's like trying to console an inconsolable toddler sometimes. Yes, that that, that I is want the, it. I want it my way. I want it right now. Yeah, and I want it for free. Yeah, uh, it is it is ludicrous, and uh, the weirdest and worst ones are when I'm in customer service and I have a problem and then have to deal with someone who quote unquote works in customer service and they know oh, how this is supposed man, to go. I know, right? Uh, oh my gosh. I love it. I love when people come in and they're experts at my job. Especially uh, when they've literally done my job. So when you're that guy, like I make it a point to do my best to allow so cell phone the cell phone industry. When I go in to do an upgrade, which frankly at this point I typically don't so that I can avoid this. <laughs> but I'm not kidding. But when I go in to do an upgrade to add a new line, when I go in to make a change to my cell phone account, I know that they have certain things that, you know, they, they have to be thorough and they have to explain certain things. Mm-hmm. But if I'm dealing with a person who isn't great at it, you know, I, I, I digress. I do my best not to be that guy. I try not to come in and be like, yeah, I, know I ran to, one of these stores for a year. I, I know how to, to do your job anything. better than exactly. you. Exactly. That, that, no, Swanson I don't even go moment, that far. The Ron Swanson moment where it's, <laughs> can I help you with anything? I'm better at your job than you. And right. walk away. Right, like, no. But I try, I try not to even, like, I don't even want to take it that far. I, I don't even want you to know that I understand your job to the level that I know how to do it. Yes. Because I feel like that takes something away. It yeah, takes them like away. You, it puts person, people. It takes them. It puts them on the. They get flat footed. Yes. Right. Because it's like part of. If you have never worked in customer service, there is a there is a process to everything. Uh, when I was working at uh, Domino's Pizza, there was a speech that we had to give. If we missed oh, a scripted if conversation. We, if we missed a single part of it, uh, hello, welcome to Domino's Pizza. Either. How can I help you? Will this be carry on deli- or delivery, or uh, we'll be with you in a moment? If I miss a single part of that conversation or on the phone, I can be reprimanded. And if there is an OER, a someone checking in on our co- on the company, did you just use an industry term? Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, OER was our like uh, inspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was someone inspecting. Uh, not only would I be in trouble, but the store would lose points for it, and I could be fired for not having an exact phrase the way the company wants it. And then Slytherin wins the house cup. Yes. Because you lost points. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, like, the, the level to which people don't realize that their experience with customer service is engineered. Oh, yeah. Is ridiculous. And the amount of process that you, as a customer service individual have to master is extreme. It is extraordinary to a level which many other jobs don't experience. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with you there. I think that there's, I think that a lot of individuals, despite the outcry, because we're not quiet about it, there's whole social media accounts dedicated to ridiculous. And also, it's 100% true that when you come in and you're an asshole to somebody in customer service, they're going to be nice to your face. Yeah. And then you're going to be the guy that they go home and they, or, or that they go in the back room and, they, and that they laugh about. That yeah. They, that, you know, you're doing nothing. By being a jerk, you might get a little bit of what you want. You might get that discount. You might get that free item. You might get to do the return. You know, something to that effect. But afterwards, you're going to live on in infamy forever as, as that, that asshole guy. customer. As that guy. As that prick. As yeah. that, you know... Um, or, you know, what have you. Um, you're you're going to get a derogatory label, I guess is the point I'm getting to. Yes. And people are going to, and then you're going to end up on a podcast someday, <laughs> unnamed. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, but yeah, more to your point is, um, 
there are very real consequences if you drop as a as a customer service representative, if you drop the ball, there uh, in any of those points of interaction, there are some very real consequences. There are consequences up to but not limited to. Um, including and up to, but not limited to, uh, reprimandation being written documentation. Um, once you get so many points, you end up getting fired. Termination. Termination. Uh, if it's a commission-based job and that doesn't go well and you screw up the scripting or whatever, because a lot of times there's You commission. can owe them money. For, for more of the unscrupulous companies, you can, but, but also you're not paying your bills. Yeah. You're not getting paid. Uh, and you... A lot of these commission-based jobs, in my experience, they have a system. If you apply the system, you're going to make money. Because... You know, there's something to be said for specialized niche markets where people come to you when they're ready to buy. Yeah. You walk into a place like FYE, you're probably browsing. Yeah. You may come in with a CD in mind that you want to buy, a movie in mind that you want to buy, a piece of pop culture paraphernalia. Mostly you just want to come in and see what these crazy motherfuckers are making that you, you're you going to end up wasting money on yeah, in a week because, or two or because for your are, birthday. Yeah, because there are some businesses where they have such a proliferation of things that you can't know what you're going in for because you don't know what they have. That's exactly right. Or you have a general idea that, oh, these guys are the, place, the people that carry the anime stuff. I wonder if they have anything that fits in with my favorite yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, but, but the point I was getting to is just, you know, when you work on a commissionable basis, which a lot of sales positions are, it's usually base plus, but that base is laughable. Um, you know, messing up that process can, can have some severe consequences. Some other things that can have some severe consequences are like losing fucking brain tissue. Yeah. Which I'm, I just forced the segue in here on purpose, but I wanted to, uh, you, the conversation that we were having about what we wanted to talk about here. <laughs> um, there, I've never heard of someone dropping the ball on such an extreme level as I have with this. I still can't get my head wrapped around how this was even possible, especially because of the level of how, how high of a profile this situation was. So after President Kennedy's autopsy, we're talking about the President Kennedy assassinated in Texas, um, whose files were just, some of the files were just released. Yes. And it turns out that it was all the files we already had with less redacted information. Yeah. Um, we Which is learn, generally what... We didn't learn anything new whatsoever. Uh, we learned some redacted information that was just like... Things and some buzz. Yeah. Things <laughs> we weren't allowed to specifically know for sure but we in the know. 60s. Right. Uh, but his brain and his all autopsy tissues and materials completely disappeared, and no one to this day has any idea what happened. The President of the United States was assassinated, there was an autopsy performed, and everything is gone. Yeah. I mean, obviously they had his body, they buried his body... But his brain and all autopsy materials vanished. What? <laughs> well, there, there's quite a few possibilities here. You have, you have the very basic one where, you know, it was the 1960s, so medical procedure was somewhat more lax than it is today. Okay, I mean, that's uh, not entirely so, unfair. Uh, combined with the incredible uh, situation and... Uh, the incredible uh, situation? What? The incredible situation that it was, and the uh, circus of media and other coverage surrounding it, it's quite possible that someone just fucking threw it away. I, I uh, refuse to accept that. I, I don't. I, I've worked in customer service. I know how stupid people <laughs> Okay, first of all, listen, these are doctors, okay? And yeah. also, it's the fucking Kennedys, okay? These okay. are the motherfuckers it's who, because their daughter was a little bit extra, they allowed an ice pick lobotomy to be performed on her. 
Yes. And abandoned her in an insane asylum. So, so we've already established that the Kennedys are willing to throw their family away. You're, no, now you're just <laughs> twisting my point. No, I am, but you know, it, it's still one of those situations where things can g- just happen. Things can get thrown away. They're... The number of times... But the level to, the the, level to this oops is kenderific. But it's, the, it's like Tasselhoff when he said oops. Except that the number of items that are left inside of people after surgeries to this day in the medical profession is still numbering in the tens of thousands. Well, that's today. because surgeons are but, overworked. And... So in the 60s, I don't... I, I'm not saying that that is what happened, but it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's uh, not a possibility. I'm just saying I refuse th- to accept Then, it. of course, you have the more... Uh, some of the more extreme possibilities. You have the conspiratorial idea that they found something uh, either incriminating or condemning or ludicrous that they couldn't explain or like didn't... Syphilis. Want, or didn't... That's quite possible given Plausible, Kennedy's given history. Kennedy, Kennedy, given Kennedy's <laughs> history. Uh, or, like, there's the more ridiculous, like, he may have been poisoned or he wasn't human. Like, all these more conspiratorial things. Mm, that maybe, I like that one. That one's fun. <laughs> that maybe they were trying to hide things like that. Uh, you also, I was specifically referencing that maybe he wasn't human. Oh, I, oh I'm aware. Well, just, I'm aware. Just, just, for, <laughs> just for anybody who isn't. Uh, then you have the the idea behind someone could have snuck it away as memorabilia. Yo, like, and in like another just, 20 years... Like someone's going to be like, I got Kennedy's Donald brain. Trump is going to die, and <laughs> in his last will and testament, they put his estate up for sale, for auction, and, and he's got and Kennedy's President brain. Kennedy's brain <laughs> in a jar, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, no, but but that's also a possibility. Instead of getting thrown away, someone very likely could have taken it as a piece of memorabilia. I take it, back. it wouldn't have like, been, it wouldn't be Donald Trump. He wouldn't be able to appreciate it. It'd be like <laughs> Warren Buffett, who's never going to die. <laughs> but you have that, and then you have the fact the uh, another possibility that this is the one that got me thinking. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this one today because I've been thinking about it. Some of the material could have been saved at, in one of those efforts like everyone theorizes Disney was to preserve something. Debunked BT like, dubs. Yes, but like the idea the idea has existed for a long time of preserving brain tissue or other material in the of like the next level. Yeah, in yeah. the likelihood of it, science advancing to the point where someone can be revived. Oh my god, they're going to clone Kennedy. Uh they clone or like uh like I, this is. This Are you is thinking weird... like Nixon in a jar? Yeah, Nixon in a like jar. Like Futurama. Shot. Yes, like that's. But yeah, again, but they didn't are... save the whole head. They only saved the brain <laughs> and parts so of it. That is that more like the Simpsons? Then is that who did that? No, who uh, did just Futurama. the brain? Was it? Was oh, it Futurama? No. Um, who did I mean, just the brain in the jar? Uh, it's gonna be. He's gonna be fucking groups. Krang. Yeah, he and is. he's. <laughs> <laughs> no, Victor Kincarne. <laughs> the only person in the line the brain of the stomach. <laughs> oh, oh that, that one's a deep cut. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so good. Uh, but the Grim know, Adventures of Billy and Mandy are one of the most underrated television shows. Bull, bullshit. That, that television show is wonderfully remembered. It's well-respected. Uh, I still feel like it doesn't get its fair accolades. That, that may be true just because it was an amazing show, but... And it's it super well absurd, respected. and like, um, but yeah, I'll like, never forget the Chicken Ball Z episode, that was so yeah. good. Uh, and the the Pokemon uh, riff one, where they had the cards that would come to life. Yeah, man, uh, well, Pokemon was... slash Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. was the one who had the cards that came to life. Uh, well, okay. They kind of mashed them. Yeah, they, they mashed a lot of like the, 
the cards. They went power, power Man Five Thousand. This yeah. is what it's like when worlds collide. <laughs> I wonder if we can afford that reference. Uh, Probably have to edit I don't that know. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Or or uh, no, or, we, we or I'm going to go full Monty and I'm just going to play the song over. Uh, I was going to say it. we just said the name. As long as we don't play any licensed soundtracks, we're fine. <laughs> Oh, so when you went to college to become an architect, you also took some classes in law? Well, I mean, I have reviewed, like, fair use policy. I mean, anyone can try anything, but it doesn't mean that they're going to win. That's uh, fair. But yeah, like, honestly, hey, it's... just a quick update, and this may be com completely irrelevant um, uh -huh. by the time that we put this up. Oh my god, I didn't mean to do that, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons are playing today in the playoffs. Okay. So that'll give everybody who's listening an idea of what date we decided to actually record <laughs> this. When it actually goes up, who knows? I've predicted that the Atlanta Falcons are going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. I think they win. Um, the, th the, the first quarter has barely started. The Atlanta Falcons are up by three. Okay. So I just want you, I, I'm probably going to be wrong, <laughs> but I, that's just my prediction. I also think that Pittsburgh is going to beat, um is going to beat New England. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know... That That's assuming that New England beats Tennessee and Pittsburgh beats Jacksonville. Yeah. I feel like those assumptions are pretty strong. That's fair. I know that I, you're not... I, I know nothing about it because I know nothing about sports. I really teams. wanted to not care because <laughs> my care. team... My team got their dick knocked in the dirt pretty quickly. That's... Yeah. Um, we didn't even make it to the playoffs. No. And that made me sad. Especially because last season we were so powerful. Yeah, then, dude. Last but, season, but this season we um our our wide what no not sorry our running back uh was wrapped up in controversy, and yeah. which was total BS. And so that that hurt us in a big way. We had some second stringers who came up, but our offensive line struggled a little bit. We had, we had some issues. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, I don't even know why I brought that up. I'm sorry. I took <laughs> it was just of course. Uh, so coming back, one of the interesting things that I wanted to talk to with the candy thing is like, so we, throughout history, there have, there has been like the conspiracy that various people are preserved in the, in the possibility that s medical science will advance to the point where they can be revived. Uh, it has become so prevalent that their entire industries based on people preserving their dead bodies. Now, is this only cryogenics, that, or are there other versions uh, cryo of preservation? Cryogenics is the one that is done, because the idea is that you freeze the tissue and it can be reused. Honestly, though, please, anyone who is listening, I am imploring you, don't do this. It is stupid. What do you mean stupid? I feel because like that's, that's an extremely cryo negative brand. Cryogenics in particular... There, there are living beings that can be frozen solid. Yes, there are, and they can be revived. Even those species die when put under the process that cryogenics uses. Oh, well, that's silly. Because cryogenics destroys tissue. Ah, like when you are frozen, your system is destroyed. So, medical science, as we understand science, will never advance to the level where we can redo that. Until we get to the point where we can literally replicate an entire body, it won't happen. No, we just have to figure out through genetic research how these other creatures are capable of having their bodies frozen and then reviving when they're thawed out. Possibly, but we will have to entirely revolutionize the systems that we currently use in order to do so. Because that's never been done before. But, but for right now, the technology we have 
your body will just be more dead. No, that's fair. It's just in a <laughs> uh, different. It's just in a different physical state. Yeah, I mean, it it does bring up like the interesting idea of the Lazarus Pit, like right. That that for those who don't know, that's a term used in science fiction and sometimes fantasy for a. In science fiction, it's usually some sort of nano particles that analyze your entire body, store that information, and then if you die, reconstruct your body in whatever state it was saved as. And the Lazarus Pit is also used, I'm, I think it's fair to even call it to a certain level colloquially in DC Comics. Yes, the, it, it is used in Right DC now Comics it's numbers. being used most prevalently in the Arrowverse. It's brought a, a number of people back. Oh, it's been used significantly in uh, Batman. Batman, yeah, uh, in DC. The, I was going to say, the, the most prevalent user... Being Raj Al Ghul, yeah, uh, Raj or Raj, Raj on whether or whatever, not you say tomato the, or tomato. Yeah, however, his name is actually pronounced because it's fucking text. <laughs> right, I I actually like the sound of Raj more. Uh, also, that's how Kevin Conroy says it, and in my opinion, fair. if that's how Batman says it, <laughs> because because, Kevin because if you're not Kevin Conroy, fuck Batman. you, you're not Batman. Uh, um, but yeah, like it, it is used pretty often as a concept, but like the thing that is. Honestly, the thing that is hardest to encapsulate in this entire idea, and the the reason why I say it is stupid, is that no matter how we reconstruct a physical body, the point... One of the worst comic book movies from the last decade or two uh, was uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. It was not great. Uh, it, it, had, it had fun things, but it was overall a very bad movie. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It... And, I, I, but, one of the things I love so much about Wolverine is that his origin story was a mystery, and now he's Jimmy. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, but the thing is, one of the things that it got absolutely right is the science behind memory. Okay. Uh, and what the, we, how we understand memory. Yes, in as far today. as far as we understand memory in uh, neurology, neuroscience, uh, memory is not a physical thing. Like. If you could reconstruct someone's brain exactly, it still would not have the memories of the previous brain Correct. because it's like it's like a map. If you have if you have a city and you recreate a city exactly as the city is, the the route that you take to your job will still be there, but that route itself won't necessarily exist because you won't be taking it on this other city. This other city will have other people taking other routes. Like the physical existence yeah. of what it is is not the same, even yes. though it's even though it's identical. It's not literally molecularly the exact same thing. And even if it was, the way that memory works is memory is not the just the physical structure of the brain. It's the pathways that those neurons fire along. The actual the actual firing of right. it. It's not just the path. It's the neurons actually firing forges a memory. Right. Uh, it, it's like. It's like if you walk a path in the woods, and every time you walk that path, because another thing about how memory works, every time you remember something, you are rewriting that memory very slightly, every single time. Uh, so it's like walking along a path in the woods. Which is why your fish gets bigger and bigger each time yes. you tell the story. Uh, <laughs> it's like walking through a path in the woods, and every time you walk by, you are wearing the rut a little deeper, okay. or you are breaking off a branch on part of a tree, and... The, or there's a tree that is growing here, and so you start walking. Grab those, and then you can... Okay. Uh, there is a, a a tree you walk around, and so that path gets wider and wider. 
we're going to take. Hello? We just had room service delivered. Thank you so much. Bill, Daddy, you love him. Daddy, I love you. I love you. I smell bacon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sophia. Sophia brought us sodas. Yes, I know. I asked for them. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, like, memory science and neurology, memories are not just a physical structure. It is the utilization of that structure that causes... That is an essential part yeah, of the memory is, in order for yeah. it to exist. And essentially, so the line in, in X-Men Origins is, his brain will grow back, but his memories won't. Right. And it's entirely true. So as far as we understand memory and neurology in current medical science, and it's possible that somewhere millennia in the future, like, we would have to entirely re-understand the physics and psychology behind memory it's possible to be for that to be recreated but within the next several centuries it is literally just a a dream i think you're selling people short colby i'm i may be where, where do you like, where do you pull that time frame out of your ass from like what the, i mean i understand what you're saying that we would have to completely re-understand um <clears throat> what we presently know about the brain which is infinitesimal uh, well, there would be that. There would be the fact that we would have to somehow find the technology to pro to process that information, the information of your memories, which we don't even understand. Like, I just don't. I don't know that I would agree that it would necessarily take millennia. I think and well, this, this has us, a habit. This has the potential to bleed into another topic that I wanted to discuss, but it's going to take a kind of a re organization or a revamping of literally our entire society as a whole yeah but based on present happenstance that may end up happening long before we ever anticipated anyway so yes but uh given our so there there's a principle in technology uh that is based on the idea that every so often and i can't remember the time frame off the top of my head our processing power will double every so often and I believe it's either six months or a year and a half or something like that. I can't remember exactly, and I can't remember the guy who wrote it. But it what is, do you remember? Uh, every so often in technology, and it's a fairly regular cycle. Our processing power will double, and it is. It has been so. It is Moore's law. Moore's law. I was thinking. The computing term which originated around 1970. The simplified version of this law states that processor speeds or overall processing power for computers will double every two years. Two years. Okay. Uh, and this was an incredibly, incredibly accurate un, uh, law for decades to the point where, uh, even aside from our actual engineering, we engineered things based on that law. So if we knew that the engineering process for something would take two years, they would engineer it with the understanding that processing power would be double what it is now with that engineering. And it has it held steady for decades. Yeah, since 1970 uh, until however, recently. Until, I was going to say, until recently, because over the last couple of years, that process has been slowing down uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of which is we are reaching the physical limitations 
of the materials that we are using. Like, uh, in the computer world right now, uh, processors are using around the 14 nanometer uh, silicone level. The, I believe the smallest that silicone can be is 7 nanometers. So we are rapidly approaching the point where silicone, if we continue using it as our material and continu continue using it in the same physical processing manner, cannot get smaller. So then we're going to have we to... Have well, they just, they just created a whole new... Well, there, there are other computing methods, but... No, they, they just created a whole new material not too long ago. But... But even that material will have to be thoroughly tested, well, that's engineered, uh, problem uh, problem shooting. Like, there are other options, but while we are figuring them out, it is likely to slow down Moore's Law to a significant degree. And we are already seeing small parts of that, and we haven't hit those limits yet. That's so, because they're putting the brakes on to try to drag it out for as long as possible. Well, because they're trying to figure out how to get it smaller, and then once we reach that, what the to do. Yeah, I mean, I really wish I agreed with you entirely that it's just because they're trying to figure out how to get it smaller. I think it's also uh, because they want to make sure that they're going to squeeze this stone for all the blood that it has. I mean, but I mean that that sadly was happening for the last about five years because the, the two primary PC CPU producers, AMD and Intel, AMD for about five years wasn't competitive. They Meanwhile, had no in mobile technology... You know, yeah, Samsung our introduced processors. Oh my God, dude! Cell phone, cell phone processors are so powerful that Razer recently uh, at CES revealed a laptop that has no processor in it. It comes with a dock for their new Razer phone. You slot the phone into it, and that is your processor. Shut up. And your RAM, and it just has a graphics card and battery power for the screen. Uh, wow. Yeah. And this has been an idea for a while that some devices have used, but the devices were too weak, the implementation sure. wasn't good, but Razer is a respected peripheral company and a PC producer, a laptop producer, so they're showing that they have these options, and the the company that produces ARM processors, who I don't, I'm just not familiar with, it's not one of my fortes in the CPU world, uh, the processor producer for that has been working with some companies to produce uh, low power consumption, lower zero noise, uh, desktops, desktops and laptops uh, for ultralights and things like that. Uh, and a lot of people in the PC world scoff at it because they're like, oh, cell phone processors, blah. But but when you look at Samsung, Samsung Galaxy S6 that had an octa-core processor. Now, they backed the day, say, in order to increase the hertz, yeah. they backed off of the number of cores. Well, but I was going to say, the thing with cell phones is what cell phone processors do is very different from what CPU processors do, uh, like Fair. computer processors do, because cell phones rely heavily on multi-threaded applications because they are running so many different things. All of so, Yeah. Uh, and so more cores affect phones much better than they do PCs, especially if you're doing gaming. Gaming uses, like, I think now they're just starting to allow for optimization on four cores even, let alone six and eight, and now... Intel just released their six-core mainstream line last year, and AMD has uh, 12-thread, uh, 24-core, or 18-thread, 36-core processors with their Ryzen line. Like, it's ridiculous. And uh, so for f about five years, Intel wasn't doing anything because AMD didn't have CPU processors out. But 
oh, last year, Ryzen came out. AMD took a huge chunk. Now, it's still small in comparison to Intel, because Intel's what people know. But and they Intel took, is Intel, right. But they took a solid, like, 12% bigger chunk out of the CPU market from Intel. Like, it was a big cut. Yeah, that's Intel scrambled. Huge. Yeah. Like, they launched a product early, unfinished, because they needed to get something out. Wow. Uh, with one of their lines. Uh, and that's not, like, unofficially stated thing, but everyone in the tech world agrees it, yeah. it was rushed. Um, and with ARM cutting in on a very small subsector of the PC CPU market, there's real possibility for this to start advancing again. But for a while, it has been slow and likely will be for a while, especially as these companies are trying to rethink how they are doing computing and processing. Uh, you're getting... You, it's the 1970s all over again. Yeah, which has... 80s. Uh, 70s. 70s and 80s. Yeah, I mean, we have some really good possibility. Like, there are quantum computers, but quantum computing takes so much real estate for the size of processors. It's the 1970s uh, all over again. And, and, and it is possible, but, like... You know what we need uh, to do is we need to just take some of the dystopian fiction that we've seen, and we yeah. just need to go nuclear. And once we do that, it's going to... I mean, we're going to have the energy source that we need to be able to do... Anything. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, energy sources have been... Energy sources have been one of the biggest holdbacks for technological advancement... Always. ...for... Since we've had it. Like, we had the technology for cell phones in the 30s and 40s... Yes, we did. ...but didn't have the battery and energy uh, processing to... Energy storage capabilities. Yeah. Because batteries were uh, fucking huge! Yeah. Uh, then we... You have the fact that double and triple A batteries haven't changed in 60 years. Because they haven't had to. Yeah, but they have had to. Well, that's fair. Like, that's the thing. They and, really they really should the, have. And the fact that our cell phones have lithium-ion batteries is, disgusting. is terrible. We are literally holding tiny bombs in our pockets that, in the case of the Note, Note 7, 7, literally explode. Yeah. And, and you then you have ish instances like Apple slowing down older phones a year old, which is not old in the realm of cell phones. False. Even at one... It, we, we can get into the, that debate later, it's but... It's not a debate. Listen, for, no, it isn't. Here's the black and white of it. And forgive me, I'm going to play the greater experience card here. <coughs> or don't forgive me, I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> you can uh, forgive me for the cough in your interest now. Sorry about that. Anyway, Apple is... Their claim to fame is twofold. Their marketing is motherfucking genius. It is. They are I have experienced they are a design company as much if not more than an engineering. Company. I have experienced more customers mm -hmm. on the front line who want an iPhone because it's a status symbol. Oh, absolutely. More, more brand, so than literally anything else. Their, their branding the brand is, is impeccable. Vital. And it's impeccable. It's yeah, it's, it it's unbeatable, really. Yeah. So and in my opinion, that is probably the largest reason they're still on the market. Now, fair. Let's they look at full they, they they also do they while they do sometimes adopt technologies late, it's because they wait for technologies to mature to the point where it makes sense to them to install it. And that's the point that I was getting yes. at. So they don't sometimes, they all the time yeah. put it technology in late. The iPhone is consistently two to four years. Let me be clear. The new generation iPhone mm -hmm. is consistently two to four years in technological advancement behind... Any ca Samsung Galaxy phone. Uh, I can't say any. I'm sorry. The current generation Samsung Galaxy and, phone. And that's fair because... But they one, do it for optimization purposes. I was going to say, one, their engineering process is longer and more thorough. 
So if they're working on a phone for five years, because that's probably, I'm guessing, the life cycle of their products, given the technology that they use for Roughly. five years, yep. uh, it's longer than the ones used for other devices. So some but of the technology is there. That comes down to the core customer base too, yes. right? So a status phone, or in other words, a phone that's there um, because of its brand name, yeah. doesn't have to push the envelope, doesn't have to have the latest and greatest technological advancement. It's, it just has to be better than good enough. Yes, and there's an argument that that raises the bar for good enough, but in my experience, the iPhone can last for, for up to five years, and while you may not have the loudest bells uh, or the shiniest whistles... You will still have You'll still have some bells and whistles, and, and it's not that the iPhone doesn't make a great product. I will say, in the interest of full dis- disclosure, Apple products are not typically for me. However... I, I would I, use them if I would use them myself because I I enjoy the curated uh, customer interface process that they use, which arguably and, is the easiest one to learn out of anything that's on yes, the market. Uh, except that I don't I I don't always I don't like supporting Apple as a company. Yes. Also, it doesn't interface with things very well. Yes. Which, so Apple, one of my biggest one of my earliest issues with Apple is if you wanted an iPhone, you had to buy an Apple approved or Apple exclusive product to protect it. Everything had to be, but so so. There's two sides to every coin there, though. Too, any, it's all. It was also considered the rich man's phone, yeah, because you had to pay for so many more apps, and yeah. your access to those applications were far more limited. However, you also had the peace of mind that every single application that made it onto the app store was touched. Um, was and tested approved and was approved Apple. by Apple, which so, is, is definitely a positive to that. Like there, I I am not like I'm not trashing Apple products. They right. have their place. They and they are. It's just not in my pocket. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not for me. Uh, so, but so like there, there's absolutely. I I am not faulting Apple for slowing down their phones. I think it's I think the time frame that they use is a little egregious, but I also understand it, especially because. Go, the, the year timeline I, is bullshit because even Samsung gives you at least two years. Yeah. And Samsung doesn't doesn't slow the fucking phone down. Their next-gen operating system is so fast that their previous processors can't handle it, so the batteries drain faster. Yes. It's not slow but, because of anything that they're doing on purpose. Well, no, that's not true. They're not purposefully slowing your phone, though. It's they, slow because the next one is so fast that you need and, that and hardware are, to run the software. Yeah, and, and that's actually a point that I, I've talked with people a lot about is... Programmed obsolescence is a thing in modern devices, but it's also a vital thing. It because, is a vital thing. Because technology is advancing at such a rate that designing something so that it can still be used on a four-year-old device cripples the design for that thing. Hands down. Dude, you like, cannot like we were, like physically we were, do it. Yeah, it's a, well, it's like we were just talking. Uh, techno- uh, processing power is supposed to double every two years. So, it, so at four years, you have to design it. Two a, years. I'm saying at four years. Right. You would have to design a product to be able to work on a device one quarter the strength of what is available now. It's just that's, madness. That, that's idiotic. It really is. It, now, from a cost perspective, I totally understand why people are frustrated by this. Uh, and again, I totally do. But it does make sense. But Programmed it makes obsolescence sense. Yep. is necessary in a world that advances so quickly. And again, one of the points I was making with Apple products is... The reason that they, one of the big reasons that they slow down their products that I 100% support is the fact that cell phone companies are pushing the batteries in phones so close to the red line for what will destroy them, especially with wireless charging being a thing now, which if you don't, if you aren't aware, does damage your battery. No, it doesn't. it, It will damage your battery faster than regular charging. 
It is not to any perceptible level. It is 100% true. I will fight you on this one. It has been proven. Wireless charging will cause your battery to heat, particularly. Causes more heat. Yeah, it's an induction charge. Yes, but heat degrades batteries. But again, it's not going to be to a perceptible level. But it will. when. uh, Dude, I charged my last phone wirelessly for two years and never experienced the degradation in battery life. That, that and yes, I understand yes. that I'm doing, I'm committing a cardinal sin and I'm saying my personal experience yes. overrides your general argument, but, but it, you, we, it just, it's not the case. It, if, if you look into it, and this is something we can do outside of this instead sure. of right now, uh, they do cause degradation of battery life. And I know that, but, the, that the constant introduction to charge to the battery and usage while charging your battery will damage your phone. That... That is less true now because... Uh, it's got nothing to do with the battery memory and everything to do with the fact that when you're constantly charging the battery, you're overcharging the battery, which I think actually yes. kind of goes hand in hand with the idea of overheating it. Yes, but uh, a lot of that uh, has... A significant amount of that has been solved because of uh, battery charging technology, which is now smart. Like, it is actively reading uh, the cells in your battery, uh, seeing when they are being used, and refills them intelligently. That's why fast charging... Uh, can sometimes be f- uh, fairly expensive and only works on certain devices, right. depending on which kind, because it uses a- an active reading technology to read your battery and fill it safely. But to your point of the idea of them pushing batteries to the red line, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with the S9. There's been rumors mm-hmm. that it's going to have a quadruple, no, a quintuple mm-hmm. increase in the time frame of charging. It's going to okay. charge five times faster which they may have developed the technology for. But uh, the charging aside, the usage is pushing batteries too far to the point where leaving just a millimeter or two too little space for expansion caused S7s to explode. Right. And so Apple is slowing down their phones because they know if we don't, our phones are going to blow up. Yeah. And that's I think that that's a little extreme for Apple to say that, though, because... But they are. But what I'm saying is, I feel like they're putting their cart in front of their horse a little bit, because the level of... The level of power behind what they're doing Mm -hmm. isn't even now to the point where it would be causing the same problems that a Samsung would be doing. At the same time, though, they have come out and stated that that's why they did it, to stop battery degradation. Yeah, I mean, anybody like, can say anything about anything, though. Yes, but, <laughs> but for the most part, I trust Apple on that front. Because they are admitting to... so they're say, Because they're saying they have a good reason for why they did a shitty thing, you're trusting them. Not, not necessarily on that front, but they are admitting that there's a fault with their product. They're admitting that our batteries will blow up if we don't slow them down, so we're slowing them down. I mean, I don't know I that that's exactly what they said. They, 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 even by your admission that they had said that it was causing or, battery or, degradation. And, and degradation leads to batteries blowing up. It doesn't always lead to batteries blowing up. I literally just took out handheld video games that I had when I was 10 years old the other day, and my batteries that were in there, <laughs> they, they, they leaked. But there was no explosions. Well, that, that's because those are NICAD batteries and not lithium-ion. That's a fair point. Like, uh, See, and somebody there... Drop the fucking ball during the design process, and they're allowing everything to go with lithium-ion batteries. Now, so the moral of the story seems that if you're going to drop the ball, you're going to turn into the <laughs> most fearsome dark wizard who's ever existed. <laughs> you're going to lose President Kennedy's brain, and you're going to make people's uh, cell phones explode in their pockets. I will say one really interesting thing that's happening now, and uh, I think is the future of 
uh, energy storage technology. Um, uh, well, especially with wind and solar and everything else. But energy storage in particular is moving away from battery technology and into uh, capacitor technology. Yeah. Uh, because graphene supercapacitors are a thing that is on the verge of development. Like, they are researching ex- excessively. And graphene is a, a single micrometer thick layer of graphite. Right. That, when coiled up, stores energy. Like... If like a Tesla it, coil. Uh, it stores energy impossibly well. Yeah. It charges almost immediately and stores almost indefinitely with no chemicals. And That's we're, incredible. We're actually seeing the implementation of that technology in commercially available products, not graphene ones, but uh, at CES. I, I've, been watching CSE, a, yeah. uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, tech coverage of it. A couple of wireless products, in particular in the gaming sphere... Uh, there's a product that is using capacitors instead of batteries for a wireless mouse. You have a mouse pad that uses magnet, uh, magnetic fields to charge the capacitor in the mouse. It will only stay charged for about five seconds off of the pad, but as long as you're using it on the pad, it remains charged. Whoa. So it gives you enough time to, say, lift off, oh, I accidentally moved off the mouse, and move back with plenty of time, and And what's the delay charged. of it powering back on once it's been removed long enough to lose the charge? Uh less than 30 seconds yeah that's crazy uh yeah it's and it works and from all the reviews i've seen of it it's a very good experience uh and it's actually cutting out one of the big problems that some other wireless mice have been having recently where people are upset with the weight because batteries are heavy yeah uh and it's just it's fascinating to see like i've been saying for a while uh, I don't know if you've been in conversations that these supercapacitors are going to be replacing batteries very soon, much more safely. Yeah. And so now to see them not in the exact form, but in a, a certain level being used with wireless devices and the proliferation of wireless charging is adding to that, I think we're very quickly moving to a, a point where battery technology is going to see a big revolution that will help to advance it. But... I still I still think it's going to be given Moore's law quite a few centuries before we possess the processing power to re- not only even simulate but process and store human knowledge like human memory so you as human it, memory and really? not as like on like you can have like information stored like an interpretation of say the things that someone says but the actual recreation of a memory right I given my understanding of the complexity of it, our understanding of neuroscience and the processing power necessary to store, let alone analyze and recreate those processes is centuries away, at least. Sure. I, I mean, based off of the application of Moore's Law and our present technological limitations, I can see why you would say that it would be centuries off. There was one thing that I wanted to point out, um, and we talked about this previously, and I know that we're going to circle around to this again. I had said it was MIT, but I was mistaken. It was at Stanford that there were some students that had created an aluminum ion battery. Okay. And this battery, I mean, this thing has me so over the moon. Now, I mean, I know, th- I read this article back in 2015. Okay, so it's so had a couple of years of development. Almost three years ago by this point. Yeah, but that doesn't, uh, technology, My, development on things like this can take decades. I get it. Absolutely. It's unfortunate, but I totally get it. Um, so they're actually using a graphite cathode nice. to be able to allow the the battery to be used um, 
to be used. Yeah. Uh, so the quote from one of the people who were working on it, people have tried different kinds of materials for the cathode. We accidentally discovered that a simple solution is to use graphite, which is basically carbon. In our study, we identified a few types of graphite material that give us very good performance. This battery, the electrolyte is basically a salt that's liquid at room temperature. Okay. So it's very safe. Aluminum batteries are safer than conventional lithium ion batteries used in millions of laptops and cell phones today because they can be a fire hazard. Well, yeah. we know that all too well. Um, <clears throat> in their study, they have videos showing that you can drill through the aluminum battery pouch and it will continue working for a while longer without catching fire. Hmm. But lithium batteries can go off in an unpredictable manner in the air, in the car, or in your pocket. And besides safety, we've achieved major breakthroughs in aluminum battery performance. Uh, so just one, other th one or two other things I wanted to point out about it. Durability is another important factor. Aluminum batteries developed at other laboratories usually died after about 100 charge cycles, charge-discharge cycles. Yeah, it's not good. The Stanford battery was able to withstand more than 7,500 cycles. That's really good. and that's Without like the, any loss of capacity. So that's not that, even battery death. Yeah, that's That's really just without good. loss of capacity. Uh, that's likely due to the, uh, the graphite uh, transfer because that, like, the transfer point is where you lose a lot of the power. You also want to remember, or I want to point out that by comparison, a typical lithium ion battery will only last a thousand. Yeah. Also the so fact that's that 6,500 more yeah. cycles. The fact that given the way they're describing it, it, it might not have individual cells the same way that like lithium ion. Correct. Do. Another fee quote, another feature of the aluminum battery is flexibility. You can bend mm -hmm. it and fold it. So it has the potential for use in flexible electronic devices, which are becoming a thing. Like, they are becoming there a is, thing. Uh, and also, a, a aluminum is cheaper than lithium. Yeah, there's a cell phone being developed right now that is literally like, it's two rolls, and you unroll it. Yep. It's really cool. Yeah. Considering that right now, the vast majority of phones at the standard, all the way up to flagship mark, have the same core parts. Yeah. And it's, significant, and it's significantly just like uh, camera implementation, uh, individual... Uh, Loadout implementation, software, uh, a digital assistance, camera positioning, the feel in your hand. Like sometimes it's engineering side, like glass and things like that. They even did leather a couple times. Yeah, but like what glass they use for the screen, the materials they use for it. The difference between even like mid-grade phones in 2017 and flagship phones is almost infinitesimal. And arguably, uh, a lot of it has to do with the experience of the, yes, of the phone it, itself, it's, it's which it cannot, it's not a trivial matter. No, it, it's not. And, and, I, and I don't mean it to be, but we are approaching the point where cell phones, it is very easy to design a cell phone that is at least, as you said, good enough. At well, least, right, and there's at least good with enough. With our current so, economic climate, good enough is yeah. good enough for a lot of people. Now, yeah. in my, it's been my opinion, and I don't, I haven't, I've been out of the industry for a little over a year now. Yeah. Um, but it is my opinion that we're still going to be seeing within the next year or so um, an uprise of what's known as modular phones, very similar to the way that you can go onto a website and build your own PC. Yeah. You're going to start with a chassis, and you're going to be able to that. mix it. Be... They, they already exist. Yeah. They're already on the market right now but, where but you I'm can put in like... your own camera, put in your own processor, put uh -huh. in your own screen, put in you know however you want to be able to do it. And I really, you know, you go into a mall today, um, it, granted, malls are dying, what have you. But if you were to go into a mall today, you can oftentimes find a store or a kiosk that's just festooned in cases. Yeah. Well, those cases are going to become superfluous, and now it's going to start being modular pieces. 
that's fair. Within the next, you know, five years or so, I bet that's what we're going to end up seeing. And, and I can see larger companies adopting that model. Motorola. Yeah, Motorola. Had, Motorola's the one in the front right now. Yeah, because they had, like, the modular back system for their one phone. They which sure was, did. I can't remember the name of it. But Me it either. Was, but it was, it was really interesting, and I think that that's a, a good direction. But we're, we're also seeing the... Uh, what I'm expecting to see as well is the implementation of luxury devices. Right now... They already exist. Uh, right now, they, they have a couple, and Apple is the most popular one, but... Yes, but there's what was the like uh, the, I know they have that like su- one super luxury. You remember phone. you telling oh, you about yeah. that? Oh, which the one, one was it? Like uh, diamond or no, something. No, no, no. Um, oh god, I'm gonna look it up. It was like what forty million dollars or something, or forty thousand dollars for the phone. Virtue, got, like, Virtue, I think. I th- I think that was it. Yep. Yeah, but but I'm saying at the consumer level, you're going to see consumer level devices that are fashion statements. Fashion statement, that's what I was going for. Okay. Fashion statement devices that, again, Apple has taken more than once uh, that position uh, of being a device that is... <laughs> of being a device that is recognizable <coughs> and carries a status with it and a brand identity, but I'm expecting to see more of those. Sorry, nothing you said was funny. Virtue, um, they went bankrupt. <laughs> I believe it. Because they had a $10,000 phone. Yeah. That nobody bought. Yeah. Like, you could literally used to be able to go to virtue.com. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, there is a thing here. It's still there. Someone's hosting it. Or no one's taken it down yet. <laughs> um. Is it, but this was a phone that was just as much about engineering as it was about experience. Well, it, it was, it was if, if not, it was more about experience because you got that, like, concierge service yeah. and you got, like, just a crazy... Yeah, it was not about the phone. No. But it was, that phone was just, it was so expensive. And I, I I just happened to, because my social media was tracking me and saw that I was like into cell phones, and I still am. Yeah. Um, but it was like, hey, check this out. And I'm like, what? 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 Then I just kind of went on and was <laughs> telling everybody about it. It was, it was yeah, intense. No, it, it's really good. It's, it's interesting. I, we'll I, leave a link in here. You can look at some of the information for the Virtu phone itself, and you can kind of have the, a little freak out on your own. Yeah. Like the, it's like the cattle. I, I wish I dude. How cool would it be if car creators started getting into phones? Uh, they do. Uh, not phones specifically, but Porsche made a laptop. That, then how does they do fit? What? Nah. Yes. Yes. No. Porsche, Porsche made a laptop. That's great. That's not a phone. No, but like. But I'm saying like a Cadillac, phone. No, and would and be I get sexy that. as hell. But. Again, with the with the essentially the actually standard, Caterpillar did it. I was gonna say with the standardization of or the the narrowing of phone technologies and how easy it is to essentially build a phone with a different skin, almost like it's a peripheral. Like there's a lot of companies yeah. that like design bodies for mice, and you can essentially go and be like, I want this mouse body with this sensor from this company, it's and modular. start and start producing that and. You can do it with a lot of different things, and a lot of companies do. I can see other companies starting to do that with cell phone technology. Uh, kind again, of mix and match. Again, like that, like I was saying, that fashion statement phone. Right. Like, it, Which, because, again, as you had said, Apple is it. Yeah, Apple is the standard for that, but like, I could see like Harley-Davidson... 
Harley Davidson making like a Harley Davidson phone. Yeah. Like I can absolutely see Instead that. Instead of like, just a phone case, they might make an yeah, actual like phone. Yeah, like that, and it has a. It comes installed with a program that communicates wirelessly, wirelessly with the computer in your Harley and tells you diagnostic information, so you don't need a separate device. Things like that. Yeah, because there's I, no OB, OB two, OBD two port in Harley. Yeah. So, uh, and I could see something like that done with. You know, car companies mm -hmm. or construction companies, Carhartt. Well, so like, I can see Carhartt doing like a phone with like a a back material that's the same material as their coats. Yeah, I can see that. Caterpillar did the heavy equipment construction company. Yeah, they did create a cell phone. Yeah, like they created a, a rugged. Phone. They yeah. created a rugged phone that had every IP military rating you could imagine: mm -hmm. dust proof, waterproof. Yeah, it was shot solid. Proof. It, it was, was a good phone. The only the issue with it is that. Um, the technology, in order to create such a um, punishment-resistant phone, mm -hmm. they had to limit themselves on the actual wave technology that allowed the phone to communicate, and so that limited it to only a couple of carriers, so it didn't okay. really take off. Yeah. Um, so you were only able to use it on your, like your, your T-Mobiles, your Sprints, and so Verizon was out, and once that happened, I mean, let's be real, they're, they're the juggernaut at this point. Verizon is the largest cell phone I mean, they're getting some competition now, um, but that's a conversation for another time. I think so. Because uh, so yeah. it is like 5.30. We've been talking for like two hours. We've been talking for forever. I can tell you it's actually been about an hour and a half. So on that note, um, if you decide you're going to work retail, you need to bring your patient's pants. We'd prefer if you didn't become uh, a murderous dark wizard. And, totally and please respect people working in customer service. It's just, yeah. You know, like, because just as much as you want to have a positive experience, you, we didn't really talk about this, but as a customer, you're going to heavily contribute to your experience. Oh, yeah. You can have a polite experience, or you can have a great experience, and that depends almost entirely on you, regardless of what you think of the situation. Oh, yeah. If you, if you consistently have bad experiences in customer service, it may be because you are a bad customer. Yeah. I completely agree. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode oh, and, of and What? And if you die, if you die, don't preserve your body right now. You took now. my shit, man. It's expensive and it's useless. You took my shit. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the first episode of Magnificent Whiskers. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Colby. And don't get cryogenically frozen. <laughs> Bye.